Hello listeners, welcome back to VoiceOver Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? Today is Monday, November 20th, 2023. Today's episode is the chapter-by-chapter preview of Nick McLean's book, Million Dollar Agent, the proven playbook to build a real estate empire. If you want to know how to generate leads and build a pipeline of clients, how to price and market properties effectively, how to negotiate and close deals, or how to build a team and scale your business, then you should consider this book. It's available, of course, on Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Here is the chapter-by-chapter preview of the book Million Dollar Agent by Nick McLean. Chapter 1. Welcome. Working your way to the top. In this chapter, I will explain what you can expect to learn from this book, why I'm motivated to teach people to succeed, and what to watch for as you read. A successful real estate team is not simply a group of agents handling leads. It is a well-orchestrated division of labor that allows individuals to specialize in specific areas of the real estate operation. This specialization enables each team member to perform at a higher level than they could if they were tasked with handling every aspect of the business alone. To reach the pantheon of the top 1% of the top 1%, you have to master all aspects of running a successful sales and marketing company. Mastery Notice, I did not say real estate company. Real estate is what you do, but your business is sales and marketing. When I started my real estate team in 2012, after a four-year run as a solo agent working 10-hour days, seven days a week, there were no blueprints or established guidelines for team structures in the real estate industry. At that time, teams were still struggling to find footing in a predominantly solo agent-driven market. Major online portals weren't as dominant as they are today and laws and regulations had not yet evolved to effectively support team leaders in overseeing their agents. I established my own brokerage to overcome these challenges and ensure compliance with Washington State licensing requirements. Framework Most of us don't need to go to this level, but doing so gave me insights into having total control over all business areas. It is an important business lesson to learn that control is one of the key parts of owning a business. Most agents and teams don't have total control, and that limits their growth and speed to make effective decisions. As a real estate agent looking to make the leap into the multi-million dollar realm, you likely have numerous questions and concerns, maybe even fears. This book will serve as a comprehensive guide addressing the key concerns and curiosities team leaders may have as they embark on their journey. Throughout the chapters, I will provide practical answers to the following questions. What is the ideal framework for a million-dollar agent, and how can I adapt it to suit my business model? How can I establish an efficient team structure that encourages growth and success in my real estate agency? What are the core philosophies and principles that drive the success of million-dollar agents? 
Which marketing strategies have proven most effective for top-tier agents, and how can I implement them in my own business? How can I create a repeatable listing system to streamline my processes and boost my agency's performance? What are the best practices for converting potential buyers into loyal clients? How do I set up a functional administration system to optimize my team's workflow and productivity? To excel in the competitive real estate industry, what essential areas of expertise do I need to invest in for myself and my team? How can I define and deliver a top-notch client experience that sets me and my agency apart from the company? Chapter 2. Growth and Success A look at our team's timeline and statistics. In this chapter, I will illustrate the history of my journey from an unknown solo agent in a small town to a successful real estate team in a new marketplace. As a 19-year-old college sophomore, I never could have imagined the path my life would take. I couldn't decide on a major and took a summer job at Carlisle Transportation in Anchorage, Alaska, made famous by the TV show Ice Road Truckers. I spent long, tiring nights working in the water bay, pressure washing the dirt and grime off of 18-wheelers that had made their thousand-mile journeys to Prudhoe Bay. During these seemingly endless nights, I had an epiphany. I wanted to become an airline pilot. My first step was enrolling in aviation school. While there, I worked hard to earn a degree in business management over the next two years. Eager to continue my education, I attended Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, where I spent another two years acquiring all the necessary pilot licenses. Undeterred, I moved to Miami and began working for Focus Air Cargo. For two more years, I honed my skills and gained valuable industry experience. Then, six years after making that initial decision while hosing down big rigs in Alaska, I became the youngest Boeing 747 pilot in America. To my 19-year-old brain, six years would have seemed like an eternity if I had known the amount of effort it would take. I'm not sure I would have begun the journey, but looking back, the time went by quickly and the achievements along the way were more life-changing than I could have anticipated. Framework It's important to remember that thinking big and focusing on the long term can yield incredible results. As a real estate agent, the same principles apply. Becoming a successful team may not happen overnight, but with patience, perseverance, and a long-term commitment, you can accomplish far more than you initially imagined. Instead of sprinting toward short-term goals, embrace the journey and focus on endurance. When you take the time to build a strong foundation, the sky's the limit. My real estate career over the short run fell short of my expectations and, over the long run, exceeded my wildest dreams. Think big and think long-term. My Real Estate Journey From 2008 to 2012, I sold real estate as a solo agent in the small town of Lake Chilan. As my business grew, 
my broker wasn't positioned to support my goal of starting a team, he encouraged me to get my designated broker license. I followed his advice and did just that. Within 90 days, I was licensed to go out on my own, and our team opened its doors on March 2, 2012. Our market was the town of Wenatchee, Washington. At the time, it had a population of 53,000, and I was the new guy in an established marketplace. In 2012, our team sold 101 properties for a total revenue of $443,000. This was a solid start for our new business, but we knew that we needed to continue to grow and improve to be successful in the long term. Our team consisted of one team leader. Chapter 3. Creating a Clear Vision Developing a Mission Statement and Core Values to Drive Success in Your Business In this chapter, I will show you how to use your mission statement and core values to guide decision-making and differentiate your team in the competitive real estate market. In 2005, after graduating in the top three from the aviation school, I stood at the crossroads of my career. With my commercial airline license and DC-9 type rating, I was eager to embark on my journey as a commercial pilot and build my flight hours to become a captain. I had three job opportunities, including interviews with AirTran and Atlantic Southeast Airlines, both offering instant jet airline experience. However, I chose the path less traveled and joined Focus Air Cargo as an apprentice. Why? Because of their inspiring vision and mission. Focus Air Cargo, an unproven airline with only two Boeing 747s, had ambition. Their goal was to become the number one international airline in the world, growing from a fleet of two planes to hundreds of 747s within five years. This vision captivated me, and I wanted to be a part of something extraordinary. It was not just about tangible rewards, but about being challenged and doing my best work. My experience at Focus Air Cargo taught me that people are drawn to a powerful vision and mission statement. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves, an organization that pushes the boundaries and challenges them to grow. As a real estate agent, I understood that having a clear vision would help me stay focused on my goals and attract like-minded individuals who shared the same passion and aspirations. So in 2013, we took our staff of seven people on a two-day off-site retreat in Seattle, Washington, with the sole purpose of clarifying our purpose, mission, and values. During this off-site, we identified the core values that were important to us as a team and as individuals. We emerged with a clear mission statement and core values that have served as our guiding light in all aspects of our business including hiring, firing, and decision-making. Mission Statement Be the leading real estate experts of choice as leaders in the real estate industry, to our clients, and within our communities. This statement guides our actions and decision-making and reminds us of why we do what we do. Core Values We support team members' excellence and happiness, 
We value family, health, and community. We pursue growth and learning. We are dependable, passionate, and determined. At Nick McLean Real Estate Group, we believe in teamwork and that together, everyone achieves more. These values are not just words on a piece of paper. They are the foundation of our team culture and are integral to our success. They're used as a filter in our hiring process and serve as a benchmark for performance evaluations. As a result, we have experienced an incredible decade of market share growth. Our top 20% market share points directly back to this one off-site meeting that gave us the clarity of thought to focus on goals that mattered. Chapter 4. Common Purpose. Building Strong Teams Through Shared Belief Systems. In this chapter, we will discuss the importance of a common purpose and how you can use it to build stronger teams. As a child, I was passionate about sports, basketball, football, baseball, you name it, I played it. For me, the allure of team sports lay in collectiveness, camaraderie, and unwavering commitment to achieving a common goal. The selflessness of a team creates freedom, allowing individual expression to flourish once you've earned the trust of those around you. My experiences playing on top-performing teams and dysfunctional ones taught me a valuable lesson. The secret to a high-achieving team is found in the team-level beliefs that the individuals adopt. These group beliefs guide personal behavior and foster an identity that can transform average people with ordinary expectations into individuals with a higher sense of belief and character. This realization came into sharp focus during my time at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, the best civil aeronautical university in the history of the world. The power of Embry-Riddle is the rich history of developing world-class aviators who are known for their supreme flight discipline and airmanship. When you join this group, you immediately gain a sense that you need to elevate your standards in order to fit in. As you do, one of three things will happen. The collective group will pull you up to their level, you will self-select to remove yourself, or the group will protect the standards and culture and demand that leadership removes you. The people who remain are aligned with the higher standards where the group can hold everyone accountable. Low standards come from a lack of clarity on the group's expectation of exceptional performance. I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to fly with Air Force fighter pilots who exhibited unparalleled skill and precision. They were better pilots not because they flew fighter jets, but because they belonged to an elite group that instilled a powerful belief system within them. When those same pilots work for a dysfunctional airline, they build resentment and look for the first opportunity to leave. Those who stay are reduced to average pilots. As I embarked on my journey as a real estate team leader, I carried these lessons with me. I knew that adopting a strong set of beliefs and fostering an identity of excellence would be crucial to my success in the competitive world of real estate. Just like the elite fighter pilots and the top-performing sports teams I'd been a part of, I aim to create an environment 
that would cultivate success. In today's fast-paced business environment, having a solid belief system is a critical component in building strong and successful teams. Your belief system is separate from your mission statement and vision. Think of it as your team's operating system for how to act and behave. These differ from core values because they are specific beliefs that drive behavior and can cross broad areas and situations internally and externally in the field. Our team's first belief is mastery. In our team, it is essential for each employee to continuously increase their knowledge, skills, and abilities to a high level of mastery. This belief is... Chapter 5. Pinpointing Success. How to Create an Ideal Client and Market Profile. In this chapter, I will show you how to maximize your marketing efforts and generate more leads by understanding your target client and market. I started my own real estate firm in 2012, and I was eager to make a name for myself. I invested tens of thousands of dollars into building the team, branding, and marketing materials. I even signed a three-year commercial lease for our office. Money was tight and I was desperate to get some cash flow. I was ready to work with anyone who walked through my door. Little did I know, this desperation would lead me to learn a valuable lesson the hard way. Five months into our operation, a man entered my office. To protect his privacy, let's just call him John. John came to me with an unusual proposal. He claimed to have a house in a nice part of town, worth $750,000, and already had a buyer lined up. All he wanted from me was to write up the contract and handle the sale for a reduced commission of 1%, which amounted to $7,500. I found it strange that he'd choose to pay me rather than go directly to an attorney, but my desperation clouded my judgment, and I couldn't pass up the opportunity for a quick influx of cash. I accepted the offer. As I drew up the contract, I couldn't shake my uneasy feeling about John, but my financial situation had me in a bind, and I was willing to overlook my instincts. The buyer agreed to the contract, and everything seemed to be going smoothly, until their own property sale fell through, leaving them without the necessary funds to close on John's house. At this point, I'd only lost a few hours of work, and I thought it was a manageable setback. But then, things took a turn for the worse. Without my knowledge, John had received a $50,000 payment from the buyer outside of our agreement. The buyer believed it to be earnest money, but John insisted it was non-refundable. In no time, the two parties were suing each other, and as the agent of record, I was dragged into the legal dispute. I was forced to spend time and money meeting with attorneys to resolve a situation I never wanted to be a part of. This experience taught me a vital lesson about the importance of being selective in choosing clients. It's crucial to establish your ideal client profile and be clear about who you're unwilling to work with, no matter how enticing the commission may be. There are people you don't want to work with and they will use money to lure you into compromising situations. 
Cheap people are cheap people. Those who fire others will fire you. And those who give bad reviews to other agents will inevitably give you a bad review. From that day on, I learned to look for warning signs and focus on serving clients who aligned with my values and vision. In the long run, it's the relationships built on trust and integrity that will create a successful business and a fulfilling career. So remember, never let desperation cloud your judgment and always choose your clients wisely. To my knowledge, the owner kept the $50,000 and the buyers chose not to pursue the lawsuit any longer. So how do you protect yourself? Let's first start. Chapter 6. Streamlining the Chain of Command the squadron model in real estate management. In this chapter, we will cover how to create a clear chain of command and the importance of leadership. As a young pilot in training, anticipating my first solo cross-country flight consumed my thoughts. This is a major milestone that requires flying skills and expert airmanship. I dreamed of this moment because it meant my instructor and chief pilot trusted that I was ready to take flight with full responsibility. After hours of preparation and meticulous planning, I was finally ready to embark on this solo journey. The night before the flight, I double-checked every detail, from weather forecasts to flight route calculations. As dawn broke, I walked toward the plane with a sense of determination and excitement coursing through my veins. I resolved to prove to myself that I had the discipline and the skill to become a captain one day. At the airstrip, I diligently completed each item on my pre-flight checklist, speaking the tasks out loud to reinforce my focus. Just as I prepared for takeoff, an unexpected delay occurred. Unfazed, I resumed my routine and was eventually cleared to take off. The flight itself was a dream come true. My calculations were spot on, the weather remained as predicted, and my landing was smooth and precise. Elated, I strode into the flight deck, expecting a round of applause from my peers and instructors. Instead, I was met with the stern face of the chief pilot, who inquired about my whereabouts. Confused, I started a response, only to learn that they were three minutes away from initiating a search-and-rescue operation. As it turned out, the delay on the runway had not been reported to the dispatcher, creating a dangerous miscommunication. That moment, which should have been one of triumph and joy, was a harsh lesson in the importance of the chain of command. The realization that my negligence could have led to severe consequences down the line was sobering. This experience molded me into a more diligent, conscientious pilot, forever aware of the importance of the chain of command. In aviation, lives are at stake. But even in less dangerous professions, such as real estate, a lack of communication can lead to financial losses. Because of this, it is important to have a clear chain of command in place for your team, even if you are not the one in charge. When I started my team in 2012, my goal wasn't to sell thousands of homes, win awards, or become number one. My goal was to build the best real estate team on the planet. And as the team got better, 
it would allow me to elevate my thoughts and actions. My ultimate goal was independence and freedom to work on what I wanted, when I wanted, and with whom I wanted. A team leader must carefully consider the composition and roles of team members to ensure that they are well-suited to their assigned tasks and that they work well together. A well-constructed and well-led team will be able to achieve great things. Framework Before you grow, create clear roles and responsibilities for each position in the organization. Because people come and go, it is better to create positions that can last forever instead of building them around a specific person. Also, help your team understand the difference between the person. Chapter 7. Compensating Your Sales Team, A Guide to Paying Real Estate Agents. In this chapter, we will explore the different methods of commission-based pay and incentives for optimal performance. As the fifth anniversary of my real estate team approached, I had every reason to celebrate. The team had grown, we had some solid success stories under our belts, and the future looked promising. Yet there was an unsettling undercurrent that threatened the stability of my team. I had a one-size-fits-all compensation plan where each agent on the team would split the commission from each sale with the team. This seemingly fair approach had served me well, but cracks were beginning to show because it lacked nuance and opportunity for growth. It also lacked optionality for agents who favor things other than maximizing their split with the brokerage. Recruiting and retaining agents was becoming increasingly difficult, as many agents were lured away by agencies with more attractive splits. It was a frustrating cycle that seemed to have no end in sight. That was when a dear friend of mine, who happened to run a highly successful eight-figure coaching company, recommended I read Daniel Pink's Drive. In this groundbreaking book, Pink suggests that while monetary incentives can increase motivation in the short term, they can be detrimental to motivation in the long run. This concept struck a chord with me as I had observed this pattern in my agent's performance. Whenever an agent asked for a raise in commission splits, I would typically oblige when I was scared to lose that agent. The logic seemed sound. The agent would be more motivated to sell more homes benefiting the company in the long run. However, time and time again, their performance would decline following the raise. In some cases, they actually made less money as a result. I realized this phenomenon wasn't about the money. My agents craved more than just a bigger split. They wanted independence, freedom, recognition, and security. I needed to find a way to give them what they truly wanted. This realization led me to reevaluate my approach to compensation, and in doing so, I unlocked the true potential of my team. One of my most exceptional agents, Jane, not her real name, had the skills, knowledge, and performance that would allow her to negotiate a higher split with any broker, but that wasn't what Jane really wanted. She craved security, recognition, and a sense of pride in her work. Together, Jane and I devised a new compensation plan that catered to her needs. We established a base pay 
that provided her with the security she sought, while also implementing a bonus structure that rewarded her exceptional performance. It was a win-win solution that empowered her to reach new heights in her career. The key takeaway from this journey was the importance of being creative and open-minded when creating a compensation plan. You might not be able to offer base pay or salary right away, but as you grow, you want to be thinking about ways to create win-win compensation plans to keep your cost of goods sold down and retention high. Long-term relationships can never be solely based on money, as they are unsustainable and, ultimately, unfulfilling. By taking the time to understand what truly drives each agent on my team, I... Chapter 8. Geometric Growth. Four Strategies for Building Faster Success. In this chapter, we will explore four areas real estate teams can improve to achieve geometric growth and maximize their potential for success in the market. The four metrics are sell more units, sell higher priced units, sell more units per client, and make more per unit. In March 2008, I took my first steps into the real estate industry. I'd saved up a few thousand dollars, the equivalent of a six-month window, to make it work. That was all I had. My beloved Volvo 850T was sold for $5,500, and in its place, I drove a spray-painted green 1984 Subaru GL wagon that I bought from my father-in-law for a mere $100. The remaining $5,400 was my lifeline to pay bills until my first real estate commission check would, hopefully, arrive. Month after month, I hustled and learned everything I could about the industry, and I finally closed my first deal at the end of the sixth month with just $300 left in my bank account. I was no longer driving the Subaru because I couldn't afford gas to put in the tank. Instead, I was using a bus pass to get to the office each day. When I had an appointment, I would borrow my mother-in-law's car. The closing was my second lifeline, but the universe had other plans. In August 2008, the housing market collapsed and our marketplace went silent. Not a single closed sale for five more long months. The only way to survive this new challenging landscape was to outwork every single agent out there. Ten to twelve hour days became the norm for me as I tried to build a successful career in the face of adversity. For the next couple of years, I said yes to every opportunity that came my way and outworked everyone else. Slowly but surely, I began to see success. But this success had a hidden price. The relentless workload took its toll on my health, my relationships, and my spirit. By my third year in the business, I was barely hanging on, and I couldn't remember a single day from that year. I missed important life events and realized that no amount of money was worth this level of exhaustion. In search of a better way, I joined a mastermind group where I met Jay Abraham, a renowned business guru. Jay taught us how to think critically about our businesses and our actions. He introduced us to the concept of geometric growth versus linear growth, and it changed the trajectory of my career. It is a simple concept that when you do things by addition 
like working harder, you get incremental results and added stress. But if you can think in terms of doing a series of things that multiply each other, you gain a geometric advantage. In business, geometric growth is found when you can sell more things at higher prices to more people and the same people more often. In this chapter, I will share the invaluable lessons I learned from Jay, as well as my personal journey of becoming a million-dollar real estate agent. It's a story of resilience, determination, and finding the right balance between hard work and working smart. It's a testament to the power of the human spirit and the knowledge that no matter the challenges, with the right mindset, tools, and perseverance, success. Chapter 9, Fee Structures. Maximizing Revenue Per Transaction in Real Estate. In this chapter, we will focus on fee structures for maximizing revenue per transaction in real estate. I can still remember the day as if it were yesterday, the day I sold the biggest commercial lot of my career. The property was worth several million, and I had the good fortune to represent both the buyer and the seller, netting my team the entire commission. The transaction was, and still is, the largest commission I had ever made. But even that incredible commission pales compared to the lesson I learned from the seller during that process, a lesson that has helped me generate untold millions and forever changed how I approach my work. I'll never forget the first meeting with my soon-to-be client, a towering figure. He had been responsible for developing hundreds of Sears Roebuck stores across North America during the 1970s. Sears in the 70s was what Amazon is in the 2020s. When he and his wife were scouting locations for new stores in my hometown via helicopter, his wife fell in love with the view. He promptly bought the land, leveled it, and built a 10,000-square-foot home for them to live in. And now, he was sitting in my office, looking to sell a commercial lot he owned. It was during this meeting that he imparted the wisdom that has since shaped my entire approach to business. With an intense gaze, he said, Nick, remember this one thing. No matter what anyone ever tells you, no matter what your competition will say, no matter what your competition charges, there is no such thing as an unreasonable amount of profit. He was a true capitalist, and he was absolutely right. From that moment on, I focused on raising prices as long as I could raise the value beyond what someone was willing to pay. My new mantra became, always deliver more value than the price, but never lower prices, because I lack the creativity to add value. His lesson, so succinctly delivered that day in my office, has proven to be invaluable. It has allowed me to grow, both personally and professionally, continuously pushing the boundaries of what I thought was possible. As I reflect on that meeting nearly a decade later, I'm grateful for the wisdom he shared and the impact it has had on my career. Fee maximization is an art and his lesson taught me to pursue it without fear or hesitation. By embracing the idea that there is no such thing as an unreasonable amount of profit, I have been able to unlock success beyond my wildest dreams. 
Let's look at some ways to do this in real estate. As we discussed in Chapter 8, it's important to have a comprehensive fee structure to maximize revenue per transaction. The commission is, and likely always will be, the biggest line item for sellers, buyers, and agents. It is also the one line item that will garner the most attention. In my experience, fees tied to services and value are rarely met with resistance as long as they are presented upfront and honestly. Here are 10 fee structures to implement into your business model. Listing transaction fee. Paid by the seller for closing coordination and execution. A listing transaction fee can be charged to the seller at closing and ranges... Chapter 10. Minimizing risk. Using proven marketing risk reversals to improve client relations. In this chapter, we will discuss how you can eliminate client risk and guarantee satisfaction with proven marketing strategies. In the year 2008... Life threw me an unexpected curveball. Focus Air Cargo, the airline I worked for, announced they were shutting down. Feeling disoriented during a layover in Bangkok, Thailand, I signed up for an online real estate course. Little did I know I would spend nine days in a hotel room battling the flu, an ear infection, and an eye infection. During that time, I completed all 90 hours of the coursework, took the exam, and returned home as a newly licensed real estate agent. This career shift wasn't a random decision. I wanted to start a family, be a devoted father and husband, and live a life closer to home. However, as I embarked on my new journey, the real estate market took a nosedive. The housing market collapse in 2008 was catastrophic, and millions of Americans faced foreclosure, short sales, and bankruptcy. During this tumultuous time, I worked for banks in their real estate-owned REO department. This role was emotionally taxing, as I had to knock on doors and inform people that they no longer owned their homes. Witnessing this firsthand taught me much about human nature and the power of fear. I noticed that many of these homeowners never tried to sell their homes. They never reached out for help. The primary reason? Fear. They were paralyzed by the risks and the uncertainty, so they did nothing. That's when it hit me. What if people had the confidence to act? How many more would take the leap to sell their homes if they knew I could remove their risks and, in turn, increase their confidence? The concept of risk reversal quickly became a guiding principle. I understood that people are more motivated by pain than pleasure, and that Selling the upside is limiting and very competitive because every agent in town uses the upside as their selling proposition. To truly help people and increase sales in real estate, I had to find ways to reduce their pain and remove uncertainty. This chapter will explore how risk reversal strategies can transform your real estate business and motivate clients to work with you. As a successful real estate team leader, I've learned the importance of taking calculated risks to stand out from the competition and attract more clients. I also understand the power of minimizing risk for my clients to ensure their satisfaction and increase conversions. 
That's why I've spent a lot of time mastering the art of risk reversals. This technique eliminates the risk for the client and puts them at ease when considering working with my team. It takes a lot of studies to master this information. In the following pages, I will do my best to give you a simplified version of these complex concepts. Below are 15 proven marketing risk reversals that have helped me elevate my real estate business. Don't think you have to try all of these. It's okay to pick one or two and just do those. Money-back guarantee. The most powerful sales proposition for an agent is we don't get paid if we don't sell. By offering a money-back guarantee, you remove risk from the client's decision to work. Chapter 11. Unique Selling Proposition, a Guide for Real Estate Team Leaders. In this chapter, we'll discuss how to find your team's strengths and differentiating factors to create a winning, unique selling proposition, USP. I remember the day I decided to leave my job as an airline pilot. I had seniority number 33 at a startup airline, and despite my knowledge, skills, and abilities, I could not progress. As long as the company grew, I had to wait my turn. If I chose to go to another company, no matter my experience level, I had to start at the bottom and wait my turn based on my seniority number. This realization made my stomach drop. The thought of feeling stuck terrified me, and I was reluctant to seek other opportunities for fear of losing my beloved seniority number. Luckily, I never had to live that in life. As I explained earlier, I found my calling in entrepreneurship and real estate, where the better I got, the more I could make, and the further I could progress. No seniority numbers were holding me back here. That doesn't mean people won't try to place limitations on you. One such limitation is the pressure to fit in and comply with the status quo. During my new agent orientation class, I remember an established agent telling us everything we couldn't do. Don't work with anyone beyond your expertise. Don't work outside your marketplace. Don't try selling anything you don't know about. All I heard was, stay in your lane and pay your dues. It felt like an attempt to impose an invisible seniority number on us to keep us from reaching our full potential. It was the same thing I heard from old school pilots telling me why the seniority system worked. But I knew that the key to success in business was to stand out, be unique, and be bold. The more I embraced that mindset, the more eyeballs and attention my team and I attracted. I recall the day when a potential client walked into my office, fresh from a meeting with our most significant competitor. I just left your competition, the one that's been in business for 30 years, and everyone uses them, he said. But while I was there, they kept mentioning you guys. I could tell they were scared, so I came right here, because you're obviously different, new, and changing the game. I want to work with you. That encounter solidified my belief in always striving to offer unique services, narratives, headlines, strategies, and technology systems to the marketplace. It proved to me that breaking free from the chains of seniority and conventional thinking was the right path and it allowed me to grow and progress in ways I could never have imagined while stuck in my pilot seat. 
In the end, I embraced the challenge of standing out and climbing the ladder of success in real estate. I refused to be confined by the status quo or the establishment, and I encouraged my team to do the same. We rose above the constraints of an invisible seniority number, finding success and fulfillment beyond our wildest dreams. Unique selling propositions, USPs, are essential for real estate teams looking to stand out in a competitive market. When I started my real estate team in 2012, we were the only real estate team in our marketplace. Our USP is the coordinating efforts of a group of people working toward a common goal, teamwork. While that is still our cornerstone USP, the concept doesn't tell the seller or buyer what's in it for them. Chapter 12, Winning the Listing, a step-by-step -step guide to the listing sales process. In this chapter, we will discuss how you can achieve results with a streamlined listing process. As an airline pilot, I was accustomed to precision, order, and regulations. The industry I worked in was one of the most regulated in the world, and for a good reason. Flying a giant metal tube at 500 miles per hour, 35,000 feet in the air with 200 souls on board, demanded extraordinary attention to detail. Every flight required painstaking accuracy. From a flight plan with each waypoint perfectly placed in the GPS down to the millimeter, to checkpoints, redundancies, and perfect performance measurements, every action needed to be calculated and done in the right order. A single mistake, error, omission, or deviation from the procedure could result in catastrophe but the results spoke for themselves. Thousands of successful flights daily, all due to the rigorous processes in place. When I began my real estate career, I was immediately shocked by the lack of procedures and processes in this new world. My first broker had no written process for securing a listing, and success seemed to hinge entirely on personality, who knew you, and sheer luck. I wondered if I applied the same discipline and rigor I'd used as a pilot, whether I could create a repeatable process that would improve my listing conversion rate and challenge the complacency of the old guard. So, I got to work developing a systematic approach to real estate that mirrored my experience in the airline industry. I was winning, not because of my experience, knowledge, and skills, I was winning because the competition had no formal process and were making mistakes. By my fourth year, my listing process had propelled me to become the number one listing agent in my MLS. My meticulous, structured approach had paid off in spades, and I knew I could scale this success by teaching others to do the same. As I started building my team, I focused on passing along the listing process I had created. To my delight, new agents were able to learn the process quickly, allowing them to replicate my success in the field. My team thrived, and I couldn't have been prouder. As a successful real estate agent, I know that the key to success is to have a well-designed and efficient process for generating listing leads, converting them into listings, and successfully closing the sale. Whether you are an established team or just starting as an agent, Having a streamlined listing process can make all the difference in your success.
I've gone on more than 3,000 listing appointments, and here are some things I've learned. Your team must be well-trained and standardized in their approach to listing properties. The listing process is boring to me because I've completed it thousands of times, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that I follow the process because the client has never experienced my listing process before. When I execute it well, I'm looking for the yes and the wow reactions. After training thousands of agents on my listing process, I can confidently say it takes 50 real appointments before you start to get good at it. Here's the good news. You don't have to wait that long because once you know the process, you will be better than 95% of all the other agents. Chapter 13. Optimizing the Buyer Sales Process, a step-by-step guide to converting leads into sales. In this chapter, we'll focus on the process of taking a potential buyer from a new lead to close. As a real estate agent, I've come to learn that there are few industries with more unproductive time spent and uncontrollable variables than helping a buyer find a home. John, not his real name, was only able to look at homes on Sundays due to his work schedule. Unfortunately, this conflicted with my love for watching the Seattle Seahawks, which hadn't been good for a while. But being a devoted agent with goals to reach, I showed John Holmes every Sunday for 17 weeks straight, missing every single Seahawks game, including the playoff game where Marshawn Lynch did the famous Beastquake run against the Saints. Okay, sidebar for a second. This event occurred in the fourth quarter while Seattle was up by four points. Lynch rushed for 67 yards and broke nine tackles to score a touchdown, which secured the Seahawks' eventual 41-36 victory. The crowd was so loud, there was a recording picked up on the nearest Richter scale. Anyway, after the Beastquake, I couldn't contain my frustration any longer. I gently confronted John, asking him if he was genuinely serious about buying a house or if he was just stringing me along. To my surprise, he was shocked by my question. He and his wife thought we were having fun, and they looked forward to house hunting every Sunday. They felt like they were part of a TV show, and it was pure entertainment for them. This revelation served as a wake-up call for me. I realized that buyers need to follow a process. As an agent, my job is to get people to the finish line. Otherwise, it's all wasted time and bad business. So I created a process that I now follow with all my clients. This process not only allows me to manage my time more effectively, but also ensures that my clients understand the seriousness of the home buying experience. I can now balance my love for the Seahawks and my dedication to my clients, making my career in real estate more fulfilling and rewarding than ever before. The Proactive Approach to Buyer Representation The real estate industry is full of ups and downs, and to be successful in this field, you need to have a combination of unwavering faith and a clear understanding of the current reality. This is where the Stockdale Paradox comes in. The Stockdale Paradox is a term coined by Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, 
and states that you must maintain faith that you will ultimately succeed while also facing the brutal facts of your current situation. Lead conversion is a critical part of the sales process in real estate. It requires agents to maintain a constant focus on their clients, no matter what challenges they might face. They need to have an unwavering faith that they can and will succeed in converting their leads into clients, while at the same time being realistic about the challenges they might face along the way. In real estate, you might encounter leads that are difficult to convert, leads that are uninterested, or even leads that are actively looking to buy or sell a home with someone else. These challenges can be difficult to face, but they are a part of the reality of the industry. By embracing the Stockdale Paradox. Chapter 14. Building a Strong Foundation the importance of a robust operations core for real estate team leaders. In this chapter, we'll focus on maximizing efficiency and ensuring compliance through a dedicated support staff. The first time I truly understood the importance of teamwork was during my early days as a solo real estate agent. I remember the exact moment when everything changed. I'd been working alone handling every aspect of my real estate business. I was confident in my abilities and certain that I could handle anything that came my way. That was until I signed my first-ever million-dollar listing in Hawks Meadows. Hawks Meadows is a luxurious, picturesque neighborhood overlooking Lake Chillon. Back then, I was taking the bus to save gas money, and the only car I could borrow for the listing appointment was my mother-in-law's Honda CRV. Though it was a massive upgrade from my green Subaru, I still parked it around the corner from the mansion, too embarrassed to let the seller see it. I had given it my all to win the listing. I promised the seller a custom website that a listing agent would accompany all showings with the buyer's agents, Brokers tours, open houses each weekend, a custom-built sign, video tours, staging, pre-inspection, and bi-weekly updates. After securing the listing, I spent the next 30 days juggling all these tasks, trying to fulfill each promise I had made to the seller. Despite my best efforts, after the 180-day listing contract, the house didn't sell. I had not only spent thousands of dollars on marketing and services, but I had also lost countless hours that could have been spent prospecting and acquiring more clients. My business suffered because I was too focused on servicing one single listing instead of working on growing my company. I knew then that I needed a team to help me conquer the real estate world. I needed a core group of people who could divide and conquer, ensuring that each task was handled efficiently and professionally. I realized that with the right team, I could have still acquired that million-dollar listing and handed off the operational details to my staff, allowing me to focus on acquiring more clients. Even if the house still hadn't sold, having a team behind me would have ensured the growth of my company. Today, I'm grateful to the people who have helped me become a visionary leader, working on the business instead of being consumed by it. The Core Real estate teams need support staff to keep the sales agents on track 
and ensure compliance with industry regulations. The support staff is known as the core, and they play a vital role in the team's success. The core key positions, listing coordination, closing coordination, director of sales, director of inside sales, director of marketing, director of human resources, and a managing broker for compliance. The broker serves as the director for both listing and closing coordination as they must have access to all files in the systems for compliance purposes and to provide feedback to sales management. The listing coordination department is responsible for all the logistical execution of the listing process and support of the listing agents. The listing coordination process should enhance the client experience and in Chapter 15 High Performers, Building a Real Estate Team from Initial Onboarding to Continuous Training and Accountability. In this chapter, we will discuss mastering the art of sales and professional development through systematic training and peer support. As a commercial pilot, all of your fellow pilots have passed the necessary standards and obtained their licenses. The question then becomes, how do you outperform others when you compete with the same level of talent? The onboarding system and training departments are instrumental in setting a company apart from others. While working for Focus Air Cargo, I discovered the importance of ensuring no standard was overlooked and the value of training everyone to each standard while only signing off on those who demonstrated proficiency. Dave McLean, the director of training and my mentor, had not only flown Boeing 747s in the Air Force, but was also assigned to Air Force One, flying President Clinton and President Bush for eight years. With his vast experience and knowledge, Dave stressed the importance of hiring for aptitude, the willingness and ability to learn, as well as demonstrating appetite, a passion for the job and the desire to work, even for free. I learned that it wasn't enough to teach something once and expect perfect performance. Instead, the key to success in aviation lay in ensuring that every team member was trained and assessed against the highest standards time and time again. This was the secret sauce that separated the great airlines from the good ones, and it became a guiding principle in my career. Dave would make sure that each new pilot was carefully assessed for aptitude and appetite and emphasize the importance of maintaining strict training standards. Dave knew that when pilots left the training department, he might not see them again for six months. During that time, their skills and adherence to procedures would diverge from the standards. He also knew that if the company allowed subpar standards in the field, they would get below standard performance. These below-the-line performances would cost the company money and put people's lives at risk, personally and financially. Dave taught me that each pilot impacts everyone at the company. Likewise, in real estate, each team member impacts everyone at the company. The exceptionally trained group of pilots allowed the startup airline to be born and take flight. The airline eventually failed due to economic impacts, high oil prices, and outdated and inefficient equipment. In The Talent Code, author Daniel Coyle 
explores the secrets of the world's best athletes and musicians and the unique ways they develop their skills to reach mastery. The book sheds light on the value of deep practice and the techniques that can be used to cultivate talent in any field. As a team leader in real estate, I've always been fascinated by this concept and how it can be applied to sales training. My goal is to create a team of top-performing agents who are knowledgeable, confident, and independent in their abilities. One of the key lessons I learned from the Talent Code is the importance of creating an environment that encourages deep practice. This means providing opportunities for my team to engage in challenging, deliberate, and meaningful activities that will help them develop their sales skills and real estate knowledge. One of the ways I do this is by... Chapter 16, Creating Raving Fans, The Importance of Customer Service, Experience, Obsession, and Social Proof. In this chapter, we'll discuss how to build a strong reputation and grow your business through exceptional customer care. There I was, on a layover in the bustling city of Bangkok, utterly unaware of what was about to unfold. On my first day there, I ventured out to explore the temples and landmarks throughout the city. Little did I know, I would become a target for an elaborate con. As I walked down a busy street, I was approached by a friendly-looking man who introduced himself as Ake. We struck up a conversation, and he eventually mentioned a unique event happening that day. According to Ake, it was a special day sanctioned by the president, during which blue sapphires from a recently closed mine could be sold at an unbeatable price. Ake gave me a tourist map, showing me all the best temples to visit while in Bangkok, and called a tuk-tuk to give me a ride on my journey. I thought it was exciting and incredible how nice and helpful people in Bangkok were, and I continued on my way, giving it little thought. Later in the day, I found myself at a temple where I met Suda, a charming woman. She casually mentioned the same blue sapphire event that Ake had mentioned earlier. My curiosity was piqued, but I still didn't pay it too much mind. As I meandered through the city, I eventually encountered a third person who mentioned the sapphire sale. This time, it was a friendly tuk-tuk driver who happened to mention the event while we chatted during my ride. With three separate people raving about this rare opportunity, I couldn't resist the pull of social proof any longer. I had to get one of these elusive blue sapphires for myself. Following the driver's directions, I ended up at a small jewelry shop tucked away in a side alley. The charismatic owner showed me a stunning blue sapphire, and after a bit of negotiation, I purchased it for $2,000. I left the store feeling accomplished and proud to have acquired such a beautiful gemstone. Back home, reality set in, as I discovered that the sapphire I had purchased was worth nowhere near what I paid for it likely worth less than a piece of jewelry you could buy at Target. I had been expertly conned. It was a hard lesson to learn, but it made me realize the power of social proof and the significance of having raving fans. In the world of real estate, we can apply this concept ethically to our advantage. 
It's not about knowing people, but rather knowing people who will genuinely sing your praises to others. Positive testimonials, five-star reviews, and word-of-mouth recommendations can act as a form of social proof, making potential clients more likely to choose your company. Just as the intricate con in Bangkok relied on multiple sources confirming the same information to make it seem true, a strong network of happy clients can help to establish your company as a trusted and reliable choice in the competitive real estate market. The difference is, the bill of goods you are selling is actually worth the price. In today's world, customers are more empowered than ever before. They are more informed, more connected, and more demanding. They Chapter 17, Building a Dream Team, The Art of Recruiting Top Talent for Your Real Estate Business. In this chapter, I will guide you through effective recruiting in the real estate world. For years, I built my identity around being a hands-on leader. The image of me in the trenches, shoulder to shoulder with my team, was one I wore as a badge of honor. I was relentless, clocking in long hours and closing sales day after day. My performance was consistently at the top, so much so that I would remove my name from the leaderboard so that I didn't discourage my agents. I truly believe that leading by example was the way to inspire growth. This approach took its toll. The pressure and stress of growing the business, while also being an active salesperson, demanded immense hours. I was always the first to arrive and the last to leave. I was determined to lead by example. But in reality, I had to work nonstop to keep things growing. This took a huge toll on my life. It wasn't until I met John Sheplack that my perspective began to shift. He taught me that in order to elevate and step out of production, I needed to focus on growing the whole, trusting that the individual parts would follow suit. My previous approach was to concentrate on the growth of each person, assuming that if everyone improved, our sales would naturally grow. But John asked me a crucial question one day. What do other agents outside your company say about your team? I paused, realizing that the answer was probably nothing. We're a black box to them. And therein lay the problem. Nobody knew we were hiring. Nobody knew we would hire them. And they certainly didn't know anything about our culture or what made us special. I'd been so focused on working with my existing team members that I hadn't been letting the outside world see us. That was the turning point for me. I decided to open the doors to our amazing culture and showcase the systems we had in place. Word began to spread, and before I knew it, our team tripled in size within the next 12 months. This new approach not only helped us attract top talent, but it also instilled a sense of pride and camaraderie among the team. Now, I continue to lead by example, but in a different way. I dedicate myself to empowering and growing the entire team rather than focusing solely on individual parts. Thanks to John Cheplack, I've come to understand the power of a united, motivated team 
and the incredible impact that can have on the success of your business. Looking back, I can't help but wonder how many opportunities I might have missed by keeping our company such a well-guarded secret. Opening up to the world has not only helped our team grow exponentially, but it has also allowed me to grow as a leader. I now know that by nurturing the whole, the parts will surely flourish, and together we will achieve greatness. Recruiting, hiring, and attracting top talent is crucial to building a successful real estate team. As a leader, it's your responsibility to ensure that your team is composed of individuals who are not only skilled and knowledgeable, but also passionate and motivated. To put it simply, look for people who have a strong appetite and aptitude for learning. When building a real estate team, it's important to look Chapter 18, The Financials, A Guide to Understanding and Improving Your Real Estate Business. In this chapter, we will discuss the importance of monthly profit and loss statements, gross revenues, break-even points, and more. As someone who was open to learning just about anything, I knew opening a real estate brokerage would be a challenge, but I never anticipated just how overwhelming it would be. I had to learn to navigate the various aspects of running a business, such as paying bills, collecting checks, leasing office space, creating marketing plans, and managing personnel. I quickly realized that in order to hire agents and keep my business running smoothly, I needed to understand bookkeeping and accounting. My experience in college had taught me that accounting was an essential part of every business, but I had opted to pursue a career in flying rather than completing my accounting degree, because when I visualized my life as an accountant, it was not a life or career I was passionate about. I wanted adventure, risk, and rewards. One million dollars? It's true what they say. If you don't watch your money, someone else will. Determined to master this aspect of the business, I purchased QuickBooks and set out to learn everything there was to know about it in a single weekend. After spending three hours absorbed in the software, I came to the stark realization that, although I could learn the ins and outs of QuickBooks, I would be committing to doing this every weekend for the foreseeable future. That thought came with dread and regret, just like the time I imagined my life as an accountant. That's when it hit me. There were people in the world who were born to do accounting, and they knew it much better than I ever could. As an entrepreneur, I needed to recognize when I was the weakest link and the bottleneck for growth in my business. Instead of stubbornly trying to learn something I would eventually dread, I decided to make a U-turn. The following Monday, I called and interviewed three accounting firms, each offering bookkeeping, payroll, and accounting services. To my surprise, I found that I could outsource the work to a certified public accountant for less than what it would have cost me in time and energy. That doesn't even count the cost of mistakes I definitely would have made. I never looked back. Since then, I've had a vendor partner handling my accounting needs, and each month, I review financials with what is essentially a CFO. My decision to outsource allowed me to focus on growing my real estate brokerage and, eventually, start five additional businesses. In each new venture, 
the first thing I do is meet with an accountant. I've come a long way since 2012, and my willingness to learn has never waned. But the most important lesson I've taken away from my journey is that as an entrepreneur, it's crucial to recognize your own limitations and know when to delegate. In doing so, you give yourself the freedom to focus on what you're truly passionate about, and that's what ultimately leads to success. You also need to embrace your monthly financials. As a real estate agent, you're no stranger to hard work and hustle, but even the most driven people can find it challenging to stay on top of their finances. Between closing deals and growing your business, keeping track of the numbers can seem like a daunting task. But the truth is, knowing your financials is important to the success of your business. It's the only way to ensure your... Chapter 19, Building a Powerful Culture, the Key to Unlocking Your Team's Potential. In this chapter, we'll discuss how you can create a positive work environment through hiring acknowledgement, community, and empowerment. In my first decade of running my real estate team, I attended countless conferences and exclusive masterminds where the most successful team leaders would reveal their closely guarded secrets. Eager for growth and success, I paid to be in the right rooms with the right mastermind groups to learn from the wisdom that fueled these top teams. At times, I paid what would equate to a teacher's yearly salary to gain access to the right mentors and masterminds. During these events, I noticed that there were two distinct types of advice. The first was about marketing, practical, results-driven strategies with clearly connected dots. Implementing these strategies in our business made a tangible difference and helped us gain momentum, but it was the second type of advice that proved to be the game-changer for my team, the discussions on culture. These conversations were different, more heartfelt and introspective. The top teams would talk about emotions, feelings, and experiences within their organizations. The dots didn't seem to connect directly, but it was clear that the best teams had the best cultures. These leaders raved about how their team members felt about the organization. They shared the pride they felt when their teams spoke highly of their experiences, never focusing on the number of homes sold, but instead on the sense of belonging and fulfillment their team members experienced. As I reflected on my own team's success, I realized that culture was the nucleus of our growth. It was this energy that attracted more agents and fueled more sales. In our pursuit of success, I became convinced that everything is energy. It's either being depleted or enhanced, and our team's culture was an energy that enhanced the group. Over the years, I poured my heart into creating a stronger culture for our team, a place where people felt connected, inspired, and motivated. And as our culture grew, so did our success. The lessons I learned from those top team leaders forever shaped the way I approach my business, with culture at the center of it all. As Daniel Coyle says in his book, The Culture Code, culture is not the buttress of a structure. It is the structure itself. Your team's culture is the foundation upon which everything else is built. 
and it is up to you to create and maintain a positive and thriving environment. Hiring and firing to the culture is essential. When you bring new team members on board, make sure they fit with your team's values and beliefs. And when someone no longer aligns with your team's culture, it's time to let them go. It may be tough, but it is crucial to preserving the integrity of your team's culture. People crave meaningful work. It's what makes them feel fulfilled and satisfied with their jobs. This is why it's so important to ensure that your team is working toward a common goal, a shared mission that everyone can be proud of. People want to contribute, to make a difference, and to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And they want to be a part of a community, a group of people who share their values and beliefs. Thank you for listening to Voice Over Work, an audiobook sampler. This episode has been brought to you by Newton Media Group. Check us out at newtonmg.com.